What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma, and returning is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, Brandon. How are you? Oh, well, you know, I'm just I'm just fine. Uh, word on the street is that the mascot just came back from the vet. How is the mascot? Give, a, give an update to the people. Well, people you know, know, last Thanksgiving, we had a little bit of a... A little bit of a scare, but he is performing at 110%, Brandon. I just said that just because I know you love it. But he's at 100%. He is running around, eating, fighting, fucking farting, everything you can believe. He's great. That's that's nice. But Dominic, how are you doing? I mean, Took a week off. Now you're nice and refreshed. It's been amazing. You know, I took a trip to Cancun, you know. Broke all the COVID protocols you can think of and, you know, was maskless for years, for days. I don't know. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Okay. So if you were on our Curveballs and Shirt Shots Instagram today, which you should follow us at Curveballs and CS, we, we were like those basic bitches all over the internet. We've been, we posted our little Spotify wrapped thing and it was, came to my attention, Dominic, that we have posted 5,113 minutes of content. Now, yes, some of that might be some retro stuff that I've thrown up. Some of it is points and doinks that Dominic does not participate in. But that being said, that's a whole hell of a lot of stuff. That is, I think I did the math right, over 83 hours worth of content. And we're not even done yet. We're not even into the bulk of December. We still got like three more episodes, including our third annual Curveballs and Share Shots Christmas Gift Exchange Expectacular Extravaganza. So, but by the way, um, I haven't really like like done any shopping yet for you, but I mean, what's something, you know, that you would kind of want, you know, that you would kind of want? I mean, if I were just to give you a little hint about what I got you, it'd be something that, you know, you, you like. I don't know if you would ever use it. It, it does have to do with the world. Of, eh, I don't want to, don't want to, you know. Get it down two nitty. You got me another flashlight. Great. This is wonderful. No, I'm not wasting another 75, 80 bucks on you to use a flashlight one time and then throw it out because someone doesn't like to wash it. Wow. You had to do me like that. Thanks. I had to do you dirty like that. Well, no way to really transition smoothie. So, unfortunately, smoothie, smoothie, smoothies. Unfortunately, this, this episode is brought to you by Kirkland Hard Seltzers. They're freaking amazing. Are we still sponsored by Ray's Energy? Is that still a thing, Dominic? Uh, we are, but I'm, I'm okay. Partnership, first of all. Remember, it was always a partnership, not a sponsorship. And uh, I don't know. I, I, you know what? If they listen, they listen. If they don't, I don't give a fuck. You know, I reached out to them. I said, you know, hey, you know. I'm not asking. I'm not asking for me or to or for you to have some stuff. But I'm saying, you know, it would be cool if you know you guys can do something to where it kind of gets me to be interactive and be like, oh, if you guys do this and this, you guys get a free koozie or something. You know, something just something cheap and nothing that will break their bank. But I got nothing in return. So you know what? 
Fuck them. Well, on that note, let's smoothly transition. Unfortunately, we did have a passing this week. Pat Patterson died at the age of 79, I believe, if my math is correct. I can't do math very well, but uh, he passed away. Legend in the wrestling world, legend in the Bay Area wrestling world, grew up in Quebec, Canada, made his name down here in the Bay with Ray Stevens, and then he was Vince McMahon's right-hand man forever. And I, and I honestly do believe that Pat Patterson is had one of the greatest wrestling careers of all time. Now, he's not a Hulk Hogan, Rock, Stone Cold. He didn't ascend to the greatest of heights, but for his time, he was one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. And then when he transitioned behind the scenes, he was very influential, the creator of the Royal Rumble, one of the greatest finish guys of all time. And even into his latter parts, he was, you know, really integral in helping the younger talent. And we've seen just so many people in the wrestling world, just touched by Pat Patterson and being from the Bay area, being in from San Francisco, it is cool that I was able to see him twice. One time at WrestleMania holding the IC title, quote unquote, first IC champion ever. Cause he won that very prestigious tournament in Rio de Janeiro. And I was able to see him one time at the cow palace, Dominic, your thoughts on the life and legacy of Pat Patterson. You know, I was never uh, able to meet him, see him live or anything like you just said, but I know definitely one of the, I'm not going to say best, but one of the better minds in professional wrestling, someone that you, that the knowledge and the skill level is always there. Like you said, you know, I would say not definitely a household name, but definitely any a basic wrestling fan would know who Pat Patterson is. So, I mean, it's terrible loss, definitely felt around the community. Um, I mean, I, I, w- I would say, and this hold it to me, if Pat Patterson never developed the Royal Rumble, would we have people like The Rock and Stone Cold, stuff like that? Because, you know, they all won Royal Rumbles. They all, that's how they kind of, you know, got a good name for themselves, was winning the Royal Rumble and, going on to WrestleMania and becoming these, you know, big name draws for winning the big title at the big grandest stage of them all. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where if it wasn't for him, definitely maybe we'll be seen a little bit different, but definitely truly going to be missed. Definitely will be missed. I really did enjoy the little thing they did on NXT. Maybe they'll do something a little bit more on raw with Vince being there, but the video package, I would assume it's out there on YouTube and it was just, Spectacular photos from throughout Pat's life. Some of the wrestlers talking about his influence and him doing karaoke. He loved singing My Way from Frank Sinatra. They played that. Got a little goosebumps, a little tear in my eye, you know, kind of throwing throwing it back to when Derek Jeter retired. So, uh, you know, RIP Pat Patterson, definitely one of the greatest minds, greatest wrestlers of all time. And I think he, as you said, Dominic, maybe not every wrestling fan in the world knows exactly what who he is and what he did done but definitely underrated if you haven't seen or kind of read up on pat patterson all that much definitely would recommend you guys do that he's uh the first openly gay wrestler right or or something like that right i mean if you want to be technical i guess you can say he was like the first quote-unquote openly gay wrestler but let's be honest there was more there was probably a lot more gay people in the wrestling business than people knew publicly and i mean 
Pat technically didn't even come out until like five, ten years ago, and we all knew that he was gay. So, I mean, yeah, he does have kind of that distinction of being known as the first gay wrestler, but there's probably a lot more people known in the business that were that were gay. Okay, well, let's let's uh, hopefully move past <laughs> these. Oh, bless you, bless your soul. I didn't sneeze. Uh, okay. Um, let's move on past the sad stuff and get to some, you know, happier days. Well, let's move on and talk about some Major League Baseball players not getting re-signed. That's always some happy news. So on Wednesday was the deadline for teams to tender or non-tender some of their players and some of the marquee names that were non-tendered, which means they are now unrestricted free agents to go wherever they shall please. Kyle Schwarber being non-tendered from the Cubs and Adam Duval, Duval, shout out Jacksonville. He has also been non-tendered. So Dominic, I think first we'll take the Schwarber news. Terrible, terrible year last year. I got the stats here in front of me. He batted 188, hit 11 dingers, and had 24 RBIs with a negative 0.2 war. Now Schwarber, definitely not a good defender. Wasn't the best hitter last year. Where do you think he could fall? Do Do you think he's definitely more of that designated hitter fourth outfielder type role do you think maybe if there is no universal dh any national league team would want to even think about signing him you know i think he goes he's probably going to head to a team that's kind of in the middle stages of rebuilding definitely not going to get signed for a whole lot because of such a bad year he had um Honestly, don't know. I don't have anyone in mind. I didn't really follow Schwarber all that much um, just because he was having such a bad year. I mean, if I was going to go to a rebuilding team, um, White Sox, but I don't even think I think they'd be re- uh, really stupid to sign somebody like him. So, I mean, you know, you know, who's stupid enough to sign somebody like him right now would be the A's. And I definitely see them doing that because they're stupid enough to do it. I'm just coming out hot saying the A's are stupid if they signed Kyle Schwarber. Now, I don't think, uh, I mean, Schwarber was supposed to be given $8 million if he were to resign with the Cubs. And we've talked about it with Theo Epstein gone. Maybe they are in a rebuilding year trying to tear everything down. Chris Bryant is reportedly on the trading block. And I think Kyle Schwarber is one of those, we're going to talk about Gary Sanchez in a little bit. He's one of those kind of low risk I mean, he has a low floor, but he has a high ceiling as well. So I, I think maybe like a team like the Blue Jays who are maybe looking to add a little bit more pop to their lineup and he can be a DH. Maybe he can, you know, swap with Vladdy at first base or something like that. But I mean, we saw, what was it? Uh, oh my God. I, I know you're not going to know this name. The, the the thick white boy from the Seattle Mariners who got cut. Vogelbach. Oh, uh, thank you, Dominic. Dominic Hobson. Oh, okay. No, I mean Vogelbach. I think he signed with the Blue Jays, so kind of similar player. So maybe the Blue Jays aren't exactly that right fit, but I think Schwarber he'll have a landing spot. Don't think he's going to have like a tremendous bounce back year, but I think if you can sign him for the right price, you know, eight million dollars or somewhere around there, I think he he's worth a flyer on. Well, now now you mentioned. You know, if there is a universal DH, what do you want to come back in this next season? Do you want a universal DH or do you want it just to go back to normal? I am all for the universal DH. Now I know I'm an American League fan, but I just feel like when you have that extra hitter, it 
adds a do- it adds whatever 15 more jobs around the league for the D- for the DH to be in the National League and then also I mean it just makes the game better like yeah you you have small ball and trying to have the pitchers bunt and everything like that but for the most part that's like the most successful thing I mean you'll have maybe maybe Madison Bumgarner hit a bomb every now and then but for the most part to strike out weak contact or a bunt and I just don't think if you're trying to grow the game and make it fantastic and you know everyone getting the getting the younglings to watch the the product I don't think you want pitchers going up there and flailing or just standing in the box well I mean but the only thing about that though is I mean not that you see it as much in baseball but like in basketball you see how the game is changing to you know the fit more of the Steph Curry's and whatnot you know it's a lot of threes and you know dribbling ruining and- basketball right Dominic I'm, I'm, I I played the fifth, but I'm just saying, you know, you, would this, no, I'm not going to say ruin the game, but would it change it to where, you know, it's moving away from the old style of play and you're going to a new generation of play or would it, is it just something that it's going to get evolved over time, no matter what? Dominic, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm completely lost with what the fuck you're talking about. Oh my god! I gotta, you know, this is what happens when I have to dumb down my questions, Brandon. I, I don't under, I don't understand how adding a universal DH evolves the game. It's just well, adding well a better because hitter. like you said, well, yeah, but you're adding a better hitter. You're taking away the, the doesn't mean that person pitcher. can't bunt. I mean, if you want to bunt him over, you can do that. Yeah, but I mean, are many teams going to be doing that? No, they're going to be no, trying to fuck get a bunt, ding exactly. or nothing. But see, but see now. That's going to be the new generation of thinking is I want to fucking see a bomb. I want to see chicks you know. dig the long ball, Dominic. <laughs> exactly. But I'm, I'm just saying, you know, is this going to be the next step in the evolution of major league baseball? Basically. We shall see. I, I definitely think sooner rather than later, we will have a universal DH. Then another name that got non-tendered was Adam Duvall. He had a, in average season, he had he batted 237, 16 bombs, 33 ribbies. Uh, I think with Christian Pache waiting in the wings, he replaced him in the playoffs. I think this definitely makes sense. Maybe save a little bit of money and try to really go after Marcelo Zuna and have that rookie contract, you know, kind of lower your payroll down so you can add a little bit more money for Ozuna. But I do think Duval is a – I think he's probably a little step above – Kyle Schwarber, but I do think Kyle Schwarber has, you know, a little bit better upside than Duval. But I think, you know, him going out there and maybe signing a, a you know, ten million dollar around there is a could be a nice little pickup for a team around the league. I mean, I, I think he'll probably sign for a little less. I think a lot of the people that weren't tendered, I think, are going to sign a lot less than they expected. But that's if they want to keep playing um, Duval. I mean. You gotta say Duval. Oh, sorry. Duval. There we go. Um, I I do see him definitely signing quickly, but like I said, it's definitely not gonna be a it's not gonna be for the amount of money he wanted. It's gonna be the only one he's probably gonna get offered. I he the average to almost start, you know, maybe a smidge below average year he had was isn't gonna be what people are wanting for a season that is kind of still up in the air right now they need someone that's going to be consistent and you know can as you said chicks dig the long ball so need to hit the long ball so then moving on to someone who did re-sign with his team gary sanchez he was a star in the making and then he just 
forgot how to be a catcher defensively. And when you can't be a good defensive catcher, you might as well hit the shit out of the ball. And he was not able to do that because in 2020, he had a point five negative point five war batting average of one. 47, 10 home runs, 24 RBI. And when Gary Cole was on the mound, Gary Sanchez was not catching him. And as I said, if you're, if you're not going to be a good defensive catcher, you might as well hit the ball. And Gary Sanchez definitely did not do that. But I think with the Yankees, they're kind of in a different uh, situation than the Cubs are where they're in a playoff spot. They have, they can afford to sign a shitty backup catcher who could drop 30 and drive in a hundred runs. Well, but last year was such a weird thing. I think Sanchez definitely giving, if the season goes off as normal, definitely could see him being a lot better at the start of the season. And that's always trade bait too. A team that loses their catcher or needs a a DH or somebody that just can hit the fucking ball, that's also trade bait. And the Yankees have been known to, you know, kind of hoard some talent and then trade it off when needed. So... I definitely see him, if the season goes off as planned, definitely possibly being traded during the season. Dominic out here trading everybody. Nice to see you're, you're back in prime form, Dominic. After I mean, I mean to, be, to be honest with you, I'm almost done with my second seltzer, so I'm going to get my third one. And, you know, my, uh, the, you never, we, we never get my big brother a name, so we'll call him Big E. Big E got a pack of White Claws and a pack of Noons, so, you know, your boy going to be Gonna be having fun tonight. Drunk Dominic stream coming tonight? Uh maybe. Just don't say anything. Maybe, maybe. All right. Uh, then let's move past or well, one more thing. We got the New York Mets under new ownership. Shout out Steve Cohen actually doing some good things. They have signed Trevor May. Nothing really going on too much with baseball. So this is kind of one of the bigger names getting signed. So the Mets adding more to their bullpen, making some moves. I like what Cohen's doing right now and I think this is kind of the first step of a lot of different signings that the Mets will be making. Maybe not this year specifically, but in the next few years, that'll set them up to possibly be a playoff and world series contender. Well, was it Travis who predicted the Mets to go like to the world series? I can't remember. Maybe he, he, was, predict- he was just a year off. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was like, I think I'm not even, I'm not going to say a year. Maybe I say another two years. You're definitely see the Mets make a really big playoff push. I don't think they'll. I don't think with the current roster and kind of the way they're signing some people, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But I definitely think the Mets are making some the right moves. Maybe another year, two years off. Yeah, the the almost said NFC, the National League East is going to be a lot of fun with the Phillies kind of falling off, but they still got Bryce Harper. You got the Braves and the Marlins, Marlins, not Mariners, Marlins, making some some noise this year as well. Now let's move on to the NBA, which this happens every year. The NBA, all of their free agency signings and everything just kind of happens within like a week or two span. And we have the biggest blockbuster move of the year thus far, maybe the biggest of the year. We have John Wall getting traded from the Wizards to the Rockets for Russell Westbrook and a first-round pick. Dominic, now we've talked terrible. about Terrible. Fucking oh, okay. terrible. All right, go off. No, 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 no. You, no, you can, no, you go give your little spiel, and then I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pipe in. All right, so as we've talked about, Russell Westbrook being on the trading block, James Harden possibly still looking to be traded as well. Does this mean James Harden stays put? And he plays with John Wall? We shall see. 
But, I mean, Russell Westbrook going to the Wizards with Bradley Beal. I mean, a swap for swap plus a first rounder. Interesting move here. So, Dominic, you got some hot takes. Uh, who won this trade? I would say the uh, the Rockets definitely, definitely lost this trade, in my opinion. I feel like Russ Brook and John Wall are definitely two different caliber point guards, in my opinion. Um, Westbrook, very, I, I, I would, I would give him the benefit of the doubt. He, he, he's redesigned, redeveloped the way he plays the game. Um, being that, you know, in OKC, he was very, you know, selfish, but going over to Rockets, you know, he kind of had to, you know, be a little less demanding, but, I, I think the Wizards are a terrible fit for him. I think the Wizards gave up John Wall, and that was going to be their franchise player, and they should have just invested a whole shit ton of money into him, just how the Warriors did to Steph Curry, just like how the Rockets want to do with uh, with James Harden. Um, it's just one of the things where I think the Rockets lost. The R- Wizards are even more stupid than the Rockets. I think this trade should never have happened. So you just think everybody is dumb and no one's going to get better. They're just going to spin the wheels. Uh, well, no, I, I accidentally swiped. I swiped left. Sorry. Um, but uh, got a nice uh, picture there of the ceiling <laughs> fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think first of all, if, if the Rockets have a chance, if Harden stays, now him, John Wall. I don't even know the rest of his his their lineup right now because I know um, they lost another. I think they traded someone else too. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they have a chance with Harden and Wall. Now I think they had a better shot with Harden and Westbrook, just because I think Westbrook is a lot better of a player than Wall. But Bradley Beal and Westbrook. Now Westbrook is. I, I, I guess you it's better for Westbrook to go. Now he's top bitch, but that's the thing. He it's, I just can't, I, I think it was such a bad idea. I wouldn't be surprised if Westbrook wants to go um, and test waters. If he wants to get a buyout or something like that, I wouldn't, I, I definitely see that happening. Now we've heard rumblings for feels like forever. Now that John wall and Bradley Beal weren't exactly the best of friends over there in Washington. So it made sense for John wall moving, or at least one of those guys getting dealt. And now we get John wall and James Harden for now, which I think it kind of seems kind of similar than Chris Paul and uh, Harden a few years back. Now I will say John wall right now is probably a little more athletic than Chris Paul was a few years back, but it does feel like it's kind of similar in that dynamic and, the Rockets really didn't do that much. I mean, they were more successful a few years ago than they were last year, but I do like the move to Russell going to the Wizards. Now, how is him and Bradley Beal going to mesh? We don't exactly know. I mean, I don't exactly know what the dynamic was with John Wall and Bradley Beal, and Westbrook is kind of even even a more dynamic uh, character. So maybe that just is going to blow up, and next year it's going to be a whole new thing, and Westbrook or Beal will get traded away. But well, the question I want to ask is how you you mentioned that Beal and Wall maybe weren't best friends. If you were ownership, who would you get rid of, Wall or Beal? Personally, I would probably keep Wall, but they've had him for so long, and it's like, I mean, we've had him, we've built around him. We he was the guy, and then we added Beal, and it still wasn't enough. So maybe we try Beal. 
as not maybe the marquee guy, because I think that's what Westbrook is going to be. But maybe you get John Wall out of there, see what happens with another marquee name with Bradley Beal, and maybe that can take you to the next level, just because they've been there, done that with Wall for so long. I mean, I just look at Curry and how the fact that they they added pieces throughout the years to get to that championship level. And I feel like you add one piece, that's not good enough. You need multiple pieces to make a championship team. So I just feel like Wall was the wrong choice. They should have went with Beal or they should never just made the trade in the first place. Yeah, well, we will find out how both those teams will work in the coming future. But the defending NBA champions, Los Angeles Lakers, re-sign their two marquee names lebron james restructures his deal and resigns with the lakers and then anthony davis signs a five-year 190 million max contract i mean we we knew this was going to happen it was just a matter of how much how long and the kind of the details surrounding it but lebron and ad back for at least two more years together with mm-hmm. the lakers okay oh <laughs> um Oh, Dominic's gonna get his ass beat. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm about to get my ass beat. I just hurt her a little bit by accident. Um, LeBron, AD, they're gonna be back to back to back. Watch just just predicting it's gonna be three peat. All right, three peat. It is uh, hard hitting analysis. Now let's move on to the NFL. I mean, Brandon, you said hard hitting analysis. I just didn't want to get hit hard. I see what you did there. Now we are done with the sports news. Now let's get into the NFL picks, also known as. So in week 12, both Dominic and I went nine and five. Dominic has a 110 68. And one record. I have a 113 65 and one record. So I continue to hold a three game lead over Dominic. Not going to do any whatever reviews from last week's because the schedule is all kind of wonky with the Wednesday canceling the Thursday and all this other fun stuff. So we're just going to get right into the previews. We got a lot of games to talk about. The New Orleans Saints travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Saints currently are undefeated under Taysom Hill, but they did face off a team against a team last week that did not have a quarterback. Now, Taysom Hill faced against Atlanta a few weeks back in his debut. Wasn't exactly spectacular, but the defense just completely shut down Matt Ryan. So we didn't have to do too much. Now we go to Atlanta. Dominic, do you think the birds will be able to flip and reverse the roles and come out on top against Taysom Hill since they've already seen him once? I mean, I don't know because I feel like Atlanta was firing at all. I, I don't know if it was a, a Las Vegas fluke or an Atlanta just maybe firing all cylinders and finally getting their shit together. So I will go with Atlanta thinking that it was not a Raider fluke. I'm going to go with Atlanta beating New Orleans. And I will go with my Saints. I, I still think that Saints defense is just too damn good. Now, Taysom Hill, not exactly lighting the world on fire. He faced the, almost almost did the Braves, the Falcons. They completely shut him down. So he didn't have to do too much. Completely shut down the Denver Broncos. He didn't have to do too much. So I think it definitely hinges on the fact of the Saints defense, maybe not shutting down 
the Falcons completely. Julio Jones is a question mark, so that's always going to, uh, you know, hurt the Falcons if he's not on the field. But I do think the Saints will come away with this one. Then we get the Cleveland Browns traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Two uh, very good teams in terms of record. I think the Browns are kind of surprisingly coming along as a eight and three, and I mean, I think they're kind of the most surprising eight and three team we've seen quite some time. And no one's really talking about them because maybe the Steelers are undefeated. And so the Browns kind of go under the radar in that sense. Did I misunderstand you? The Browns are eight and three. I know. I know. What the fuck? I'm trying to remember which I know they got their ass blown out by the Steelers and they got their ass blown out by the Ravens, but I cannot exactly recall what that third loss is so dominic if you'd like to talk a little bit i blew i blew some browns at my ass the other day (laughs) dominic is hilarious but i will make my prediction just because you have about three seconds and they lost to the raiders how could i forget look at that there we go but um i think so you have the titans with with was it muscle hamster is that is that derrick henry or what's his name titans running back he's not the muscle hamster Who's that? Oh, it's Doug Martin. Yeah. What do they call? What do they call uh, Henry? Derek Henry. Ah, yeah, that is his nickname. Great nickname. Um, I think. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go with the Browns. Fuck it. Any reasoning behind that besides fuck it? Besides fuck it? No. Um. No. Not. I honestly, I haven't fucking watched any. Well, I haven't watched anything about the Browns. I haven't really read up on the Browns at all. Because you know, sorry, Mister X, after, Cleveland. After, oh well, he's from Cincinnati, not Cleveland. But ever since you t- said that they were going to go to the Super Bowl, you just completely gave up on the Browns. Well, yeah, I, I, dude, I rode them t- fucking two years straight. The Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl. No, did not happen. They let me down time and time again. So fuck them. But I will give them better for the doubt. I think Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think Chubb's back. You know. OBJ is fucking dead, basically. So, you know, I, I think they'll figure something out and beat the Titans because Tannehill hasn't really been playing at the same level as the end of last season, this whole season. So, I will go with the Tennessee Titans. I think Tannehill will have a bounce back game this week. I mean, he had a decent enough game against the Colts last week, but these past few weeks he's been facing against tough uh, matchups and tough defenses. So I think starting with the Browns and then going on to the rest of the season, I think Tannehill will get back on track. And obviously they want to run the ball with Derrick Henry, otherwise known as Derrick Henry. I think uh, if they can definitely do that and kind of have the defense have to creep up a little bit and then have AJ Brown, you know, take the top off the defense, I think the Titans will win here. Then we get a, I don't know exactly how to describe this matchup. We have the ten, the Detroit Lions who just fired their head coach, Matt Patricia, and GM, taking on the Chicago Bears, who after starting off whatever it was, like 5-0, and have just completely fallen flat on their face. And Mitch Trubisky will continue to be the starting quarterback for the Bears. The Bears are at home, so maybe this is a, a way to get back on on track and get a win here, but maybe the Lions are like, you know, fuck Matt Patricia. We got to get this win to show that we're better and the coach was holding us back this whole time. I don't blame Patricia. I blame Stafford and the rest of the team. I think they were fucking utter garbage. That's why I dropped Stafford. I picked up Phillip Rivers. So I will go with the Bears because the Bears are number one against the Lions. And Trisky, Mac, you know, 
two great people on opposite, opposite sides of the field. You got Trubisky, who's going to lead the offense to the TD, and then you got Mac, who's going to stop uh, the Lions from getting a first down. I, I don't know. I fucking hate the Lions. I'm going with the Bears. Now, going back to our questions I posed a couple weeks ago, Dominic, who would win in a real fight, a bear or a lion? I'm taking the lion. What kind of bear is the question? What kind of bear? Talking about black bear, sun bear, polar bear. What kind of bear? I don't know. What, what is, like, what bear is it? Is it a black? It's either a black or brown bear. What about a grizzly bear? Could be a grizzly okay, bear. Okay, wh- whatever you think is the toughest bear, Dominic. What is the toughest uh, bear? I will go with a grizzly. Okay, well, where are they fighting? They're fighting in the Sahara Desert. They're fighting in Lake Tahoe. Where are they fighting? Well, the the game is in Chicago, so we'll call it Chicago. Going with a grizzly bear. All right, that's just your California bias. I'm going to go with the the NFL team, the Bears. Uh, Not exactly too excited about this pick, but I just think the defense, I mean, that defense just, whew. They, they were so good. Maybe they just broke down dog tired because that offense is just dog shit. But I, I think they're going to be able to do enough to beat the Lions here. But I do think the Lions will show some heart and maybe keep it closer than a lot of people think. Then we get the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Miami to take on, we don't know, maybe it's Tua, maybe it's Fitzy. The coach is kind of on the fence about who exactly he's going to start. But Miami, in the thick of things, in the AFC playoff hunt. Uh, unfortunately, Cincinnati losing Joe Burrow, taking a little step back. But uh, Dominic, what do you, what do you think here? Does it really matter who the quarterback is in Miami? I, I think it matters to an extent. Um, what really, what really is going to matter for Miami is their run game. Um, you have Gaskin, who is kind of. <laughs> On the fence, you have Washington, who is – I think he hurt his hamstring last game. You have uh, Ahmed – I think his last name is actually Ahmed. I don't know. But so Ahmed? Yeah, that guy. Um, they're all – everyone's kind of hurt and on the fence right now. So – and then you have, I think, Brita. Who, I, he, yes, he's out. So I, I think what's going to – it's not going to be the quarterback situation. It's going to be the whoever's going to be the head running back. Now I've heard rumblings that Gaskin's coming back and it's pretty much going to be, you know, coming out today sometime. Maybe it already came out. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers with Gaskin because if Gaskin's playing the, the Dolphins have a win. I think regardless, I think I'm going to take Miami to get the win here. I, I think Fitzpatrick probably ultimately gives them a better shot right now. I think Tua has a lot of upside and will be a damn good quarterback, you know, in the next few years, but I think right now Fitzpatrick, but we, I mean, we've seen, they pick two in the middle of the season. So I think if Tua is able to go with his bum thumb, he will play this game. So both of us got Miami, uh, Cincinnati. I mean, it sucks. What's going on with Joe Burrow. He did have successful surgery, but as I talked about last week, it's not exactly the surgery at the worry about it's the recovery. If there's infections, if there's any setbacks, anything like that. So shout out Joe Burrow. Hopefully he recovers just fine. And for Cincinnati, they probably want to lose the rest of their games just so they can get a high draft pick and either get a, an actual offensive lineman or maybe some sort of defense around him. Then we get the Jacksonville Jaguars, who actually put up a surprising fight against the Cleveland Browns behind Mike Glennon. They traveled to Minnesota, who had a comeback win against the Carolina Panthers. Dalvin Cook 
suffering from a little ankle injury. He will be able to play here. Minnesota, kind of the prototypical 500 team. They look good for a little bit, and then they have a disappointing loss to the Cowboys. This is a winnable game, but it could be a trap game, and maybe Minnesota looks past the the Jaguars and takes a loss here. Dominic, what do you think? That's exactly what we said last year with the Raiders going to New York to face the Jets. And I was like, oh, not a trap game. Raiders about to blow them out. And it was actually the other way around. So I will go with Jacksonville because I feel like it is going to be a trap game. And, you know, I I got a feeling Dalvin could. Nice. (laughs) That wasn't me. That wasn't me. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh whoo, that was funny. I, I, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. All righty. Then I will go with Minnesota to get the win here. I think Jacksonville's defense is just, it's dog, it's dog shit. And I think the offense, they're going to have to rely heavily on James Robinson just to really get anything done. But I, I will go with Minnesota to get the win here as they try to fight for a playoff spot. Then we head over to the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts coming off of a disappointing loss against the Tennessee Titans. They travel to Houston to take on the Texans. We had big news coming out of Houston with Will Fuller and Bradley Roby, I believe is his name. Uh, Two guys getting popped for PED, so they will be gone the rest of the season. Uh, Will Fuller was having a, a really good year filling in for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Indy trying to bounce back from that from that big loss. I, as Dominic recovers from whatever the fuck just happened a few minutes ago, I will go with Indianapolis to get the win here. I think Will Fuller, it, it's a big blow. I think Houston will be fine. I think if you have Deshaun Watson fantasy, you, he'll be fine. He'll find other uh, ways to get it done. David Johnson designated to return from a concussion off of IR seemingly he's on the right track. So he will play. So that's going to be a a nice addition to the Texans. But I think at the end the Colts will win here. Well, Brandon, first of all, I want, I want to make a statement that definitely was me that uh, fluctuated. So that um, was no one else in the room, but it was me that did that. Um, And I will agree with you. The Colts will beat the Houston Texans because of Will Forrell. Can I repeat that? Will for I can't fucking say his name. God damn it. Fuller. God damn it. Put it all together. Will Fuller. There we go. Being suspended. It's going to hurt them definitely. So I will go with Indy. And then that pop up with this. Then we have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling across country to the Meadowlands. Take on the New York football Jets. Dominic already kind of talked about it. The Jets beat that ass once before when they're in Oakland. Well, when the Raiders were in Oakland, but now they lost the Las Vegas Raiders. They just got their ass blown out by the Falcons. Now, Dominic, if the Raiders really want to be a legit playoff contender, shocker, you need to beat the winless Jets. You didn't hear it. Why is it every time I hit the fucking thing, you always got to say something to fart? Jesus, man. <laughs> Anyways, um, going going with the Las Vegas Raiders, I feel okay. like it's gonna be what? Now, now you're distracting me. This is why we can't have a podcast, damn. Now I'm going to get beat later tonight. Um, I'll go with Las Vegas just because I feel like it's going to be definitely a bounce-back game. The Jets, 
I think the Jets should just throw the rest of the year or the season. Just throw it, get yourself something because y'all, y'all motherfuckers suck. I kind of want to go with the Jets. I just have like an, an inkling, an inkling. But I, I mean, I can't, I can't bet on the Jets. I mean, I, if I just say the Jets lose every single game, more often than not, I will be right. So I will go with the Raiders. But if the Jets win, I told you so. Then speaking of New York, the New York football giants take on, they travel across, across country to take on the Seagulls. Daniel Jones is doubtful with a hammy. So I believe Colt McCoy is going to be the starter for the New York giants. I mean, whew, that's a uh, sucks for them, but they are still in first place of the garbage NFC East Dominic. Uh, do the giants have any chance against the Seagulls? Brandon, I know. Well, first thing I'm going to ask, I'm, are we going to have a Dominic fantasy segment on this episode? Just because I got a couple questions. When we did it last year, we, when we did the last year, we saved for end of the, uh, the pick. So I'll give you some okay. fantasy advice after. after okay. Your, okay. Okay. Um, and who are the Giants playing again? I'm not paying attention. It might be a little buzz. Who, 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 who are they playing against? They're playing the Seattle Seahawks. I'll go to Seattle just because I think, um, let alone they're the better team anyways, but Seattle, Russell Wilson and, Metcalf and whoever else they fucking got there is just gonna. Well, is Josh Gordon allowed to play? That's next week. Uh, he's destined. I don't know. I haven't really been keeping up on Josh Gordon. I know he got he, reinstated, he got reactive, for, he got reactivated, yeah. but I don't know if he's actually gonna play, which I don't think Josh Gordon playing is gonna make too much of a difference. I, hey, whoa, 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 just saying, definitely would draft him if he had it. Speaking but of I'll marijuana, go, shout out to the NBA who was not gonna do random drug tests for marijuana. Shout out to them. 420, baby. Anyways, I'll go with Seattle. J.R. Smith's going to have a 20 next. He's going to play for the next 20 years. Is that because he's that good or is it because he's going to be able to smoke as much weed as he wants and stay healthy? Exactly. So Dominic picked the Seahawks. I will go with the Seahawks as well. Staying in the NFC West, we have the Rams taking on Arizona in Arizona. The I mean, both these teams coming off of disappointing losses, the Rams losing again to the 49ers, the Cardinals losing to the uh, Patriots. Kyler Murray not exactly looking like the Kyler Murray we saw earlier on in the season. He might be dealing with a nagging shoulder injury. Maybe teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. And the Rams, as much as they aren't really, you know, they lost to the 49ers. I think they still have a tough defense. They have a lot of weapons offensively. This is going to be very important for playoff seating. Possibly whoever wins could make a, a run for the division, but both these teams more than likely should make the playoffs unless one of them just falls off a cliff, which I think it might be Arizona, to be honest. But Dominic, what do you see in this division matchup? You fucking ramble way too much. God damn. Um, I, I muted my mic thinking like, oh, it's going to be a quick transition. Just kept fucking talking. Damn. Well, I, um, you know, sometimes you fumble with the microphone and you're talking to the studio audience behind the scenes. I just got to give you ample time to get <laughs> everything in order. Yeah, it's true. Um, I will go with the Rams. I feel like with Murray kind of being, I'm going to say half there, not being 100%. And if he says he's 100%, he's fucking lying. But I feel like the Rams are just a little bit better off on both sides of the ball. So I'll go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I, I don't exactly know what's going on there in Arizona. I mean, Nuke was, was on fire, and then him and Kyler aren't exactly hooking up as much as they were earlier on in the season. Then 
the New Orleans, New England Patriots who beat the Cardinals last week. They travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Now, Cam Newton is questionable, so that's going to be a, a big thing to look out for. The Chargers lost to the Bills last week. Dominic, what do you think here? Kind of a fun matchup to to see where Justin Herbert can do against Bill Belichick. Well, what, what's what's funny is I feel like the Chargers' downfall is it's actually their defense, but it's at the end of the game. And I know that's kind of been said throughout the season since Herbert took an, has taken over. It's that they play wonderful for three and a half quarters. And then last maybe like eight minutes of the game is usually where the Chargers just let go and fucking lose it all. Um, so I definitely think the Chargers will win this game. Um, with Newton maybe being half 75% capacity may give the defense a little more of an edge. So I will go with the chargers winning this match up. So yeah, Cam Newton's injury, definitely something to keep an eye out for. Now I thought maybe last week, Arizona was just going to outrun and just outscore the Patriots, but the Patriots defense was able to keep them in check. Now this is going to be on the road. I think, the Chargers offense is probably better than the Arizona offense, especially now that Austin Eckler is back and healthy. So I will go with the Chargers as well. Hopefully they don't fuck up no time management issues, which has been an issue for Anthony Anthony Lynn or is it Jeremy Lynn? I think it's Anthony Lynn. Is uh, I'm pretty sure it's Anthony. Just, just making sure. But uh, yeah, so moving on, we got an NFC matchup. Would have been a really big deal a few years back, but we got the... Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers whooped up on the very, very subpar offensive uh, Chicago Bears. So Philly kind of in the same boat here. Do you think, do you expect the same result with Green Bay just bludgeoning the Eagles here? I really hope, I really hope so. I mean, Green Bay definitely is a team that as much success as they, well, I feel like they've had. Um, doesn't get a lot of respect with Brady being out there and 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 Newton and, and all these other players that get a little bit more limelight than than Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers kind of peaked so soon and everything. So I'll go with with Green Bay in this matchup. I will go with Green Bay as when well. Adam going to Philly. What are your thoughts on the whole Carson Wentz Wentz thing? Everyone kind of is calling for Jalen Hurts to come into the game there was reports that he was going to see a lot of playing time on monday night but that didn't exactly happen do you think carson wentz has a future in philly and what do you think is going on there because they're still in the playoff hunt they can still win that terrible division so you don't want to just give up on you just want to don't want to give up on them and just change the offense entirely but it's not working out too well over there let's be honest carson wentz is able to get the eagles to the promised land but you need a bdn a backup to get the victory. So I think Hertz needs to play a lot more than they're already playing him. I think Carson Wentz is a fine player. I think he just doesn't have the offensive line and like the weapons really around him to succeed as much as I think he could. Like I could see him going to a different team, whether that's the Colts or New England Patriots. I don't know, just some other team that has maybe a little bit more weapons that he could use and maybe he can pop off, but 
maybe his career in Philly might be done, but I don't think his NFL career is quite done. Then we get the primetime games, Sunday night football, a little lackluster, but is a division matchup. The Denver Broncos take on the Kansas City Chiefs. They actually will have a quarterback in this game. So I guess they'll have a little bit they have a puncher's chance. But I would assume both of us will be going with Kansas City, correct, Dominic? Most likely. Um, on a side note, I didn't realize so I'm I'm literally face deep in my refrigerator in the garage. And I was like, oh damn, I don't have any Great more drinks. Just, by the way, you should just stick your head in the refrigerator for the entire <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but I was so bummed, I was like bummed out because my brother bought drinks and i didn't want to drink them all and i opened the fridge i'm like oh i'll check outside one more time and i'm like i fucking forgot i bought a whole case of white claws i'm about to fucking be i'm about, about to be fucking drunk tonight brandon shit so you didn't ex- exactly answer my question i would assume you would be going with the chiefs yeah i'm going uh, going with the chiefs and open up these white claws real quick i'm fucking juiced right now then we get a monday afternoon matchup the washington football team who have not played since thanksgiving will travel to heinz field to take on the undefeated pittsburgh steelers now if you just look on paper in terms of record you think pittsburgh would just wipe the floor with washington pittsburgh didn't exactly look that great against the practice squad ravens but they did have such a long layoff do you think dominic that washington has has a decent shot at possibly handing the steelers their first l well, Antonio Gibson has been playing phenomenal this past week. You know, I don't know. All I can tell you is McKisnick pissed me the fuck off, and I definitely dropped his ass. And I think uh, Pittsburgh will continue their win streak because they are a dominant force to be dealt with. They are the Hulk Hogan of professional football, and the Washington Slurs or whatever they're called now are definitely like the – I don't know. What, what, what would you consider them? Like the like the Charlie Haas professional wrestling? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're going on with that. Now, the Steelers are undefeated. I think they are a good team, but I do think that their schedule was a little cupcake for, you know, it's kind of bolstering up better than they actually are. But I do think Washington will give them a fight here. Now, it is a long layoff for the Washington football team, which I do think are, you know, on, on the right track. But I do think Pittsburgh will win here. Pittsburgh will face the Bills next week, which we're going to see how the Bills look against the 49ers. But they do have a kind of a tough schedule ahead. You got the Bills. I think they have the Colts, the Browns, and the like those are kind of the three tough, quote-unquote, tough matchups for the Steelers coming up ahead, which – I think they will drop one. I don't think they're going to finish the regular season undefeated, but I think Washington will give them a good fight here, but I think Pittsburgh will win at the end of the day. Speaking of those Buffalo Bills, they travel to Arizona to travel the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, Santa Clara County told the 49ers to fuck off. You can't play here. And so they are taking up residence in Arizona pretty much for the entirety of the rest of the season. They 49ers. Gavin Newsom. All right. Uh, the 49ers were able to beat the Rams last week. Do you think this could be a, a trap game for the Bills here? As I said, maybe looking past the 49ers to looking towards the uh, Steelers. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be considered a trap game. I think, yeah, the 49ers lost a lot of key players and a lot of, you know, pretty much the players that gave them a fighting chance. But um, I definitely think the Bills are going to win this game. Um, there's nothing that the 49ers 
really have to offer. I mean, I don't, is who who's their starting quarterback? You even know? Uh, Nick Mullins, I believe. Is it Mullins? Okay. Yeah. He's fucking garbage. So I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Because why, Brandon? Because no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo motherfucking Bills. There we go. So I said that I was mulling over the fact about possibly choosing the Jets. But I didn't. Mainly because I will be choosing the 49ers to get the win here. Now, I'm not saying Nick Mullins is going to ouch, is going to shoot out Josh Allen by any means, but I think the 49ers want to run the ball. And if they can establish the run, Raheem Mostert's back, if they can just control the clock and be successful on the ground, and Nick Mullins can, you know, throw to Debo Samuel and be kind of successful, I think they win here. Now, I know there's a whole lot of logistical nightmares with moving your entire. I just sideswept the microphone, uh, you know, from San Francisco to Arizona, but I think. I'm going to say they're going to win here. So, boom. It's going to be closer than you think. Then we get Tuesday night football. The Dallas Cowboys, who once again have not played since Thanksgiving, will take on the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson should be suiting up for this game. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, I believe, will be back also for this game. So they won't exactly be the practice squad but the Ravens kind of fallen off these last few weeks. We've talked about their offense not looking so hot. Dallas, I mean, Amari Cooper did okay, but then they just got their brains beaten in by the football team. So Dallas, can, I, can, can I just say these two words, and that's going to be my pick. Okay, you ready? Are, are you going to write this down? I got it. Okay, you ready? Okay. Des Bryant. Which means Dominic is on the Des Bryant revenge tour. So he will be going with the Baltimore Ravens. I will go with the Ravens as well. I just think that the defense of the Ravens are just too good and the offense of the Cowboys are just too bad to try to keep up with the Ravens. Now, I, I don't think that the Ravens are just going to walk all over the Cowboys. I think it will be, you know, relatively close, maybe somewhere between. Three to seven points, something in that nature. Maybe Baltimore scores a touchdown late, but I will go. Both of us will go with the Ravens. Now, I know Dominic, what Dominic thinks is Des Bryant throwing up the X on Tuesday. I mean, I think multiple times. Thank you very much. All right, Dominic, uh, definitely not talking up saying all this because he picked up des Bryant and started him in his fantasy lineup then are we uh, done yet because i need to talk about my fantasy stuff Brandon. we're we almost thursday- done okay. we have thursday night football scheduled the new or the i fucking did it again the new england patriots will be staying in la they face the chargers this week next week they take on the rams now as we said cam newton a question mark uh neither one of or both of us have the rams winning this week do we see that continuing, Dominic? What was the I'm, I'm what was Cam's injury again? Do you know exactly what's wrong? Abdominal. You know, I, I, I I'll give it to the Rams. Fuck it. All right, Dominic says, "Fuck it." I will go with. I'm gonna go with the Patriots. We've seen that the Patriots not exactly doing. I mean, they kind of step up. In these primetime games, now I know they kind of shit the bed a little bit against the Jets, but they got the win, and I will go with the Patriots to win here. I know it's kind of a tough scene for them to stay throughout the week in a hotel in a little bubble, but I think 
the not the Saints, the Patriots. We'll get it done here. Now we finished up with Dominic Sick. Now it's time for Dominic to ask me fantasy football advice because Dominic's fantasy advice column weekend report vaginas. Don't give a shit. Okay. Dominic okay. Uh, clinging on to hope of making the playoffs, which uh, unfortunately, Dominic, I will inform you that I don't think you're making the playoffs, but you could play spoiler. This Maybe. is fucking collusion. Anyways. You were facing Ken, which uh, as long as I beat Travis and the other person and Joe mm-hmm. loses, I should be fine. But Dominic, if you want to just fuck over Ken and, and get a nice little win, uh, right now you do have more points scored than Tyler by a wide, wide margin. And you're going to beat him this year. So if you can get the win here, you uh, did better than Tyler, no matter if he wins or loses. Take it. So with Tom... Uncle Tom Brady being out, I have started Philip Rivers, which I think is a great, a great choice. Uh, so my number one back right now is James White because McCaffrey, of course, is on the buying out, and Gaskins, and I'm not going to try to say his name. Well, I picked up Rashard just because with Jacobs being out. Talk about Josh Jacobs is not out. So do you think that affect? Well, I mean, we both picked the Raiders, but how much negatively do you think that affects the Raiders? little bit i mean i, I think richard and um what's the other dude's booker. name booker booker definitely can can hold it down but um i i don't know who to put my number two i i kind of want to hold off until sunday because of the reports of gaskin coming back and being at cincinnati and cincinnati doesn't really stop the running game all that much i'm kind of torn between him but I also feel like Rashard would be also a good one because if you're splitting between Booker and Rashard, I feel like Rashard's going to get majority of the touches just because I think Rashard's just a little bit better than Booker. So, Brennan, should I just leave that number that number two slot, uh, slot open or should I fill it right now and put Gaskin there? I think right now you start Gaskin because if Gaskin is healthy, okay. he will be playing and he will be the top guy over there. Now, if Gaskin is hurt or if he's not active, Rashard then I guess you would have to put Richard. I think, honestly, I like J.D. McKissick, who you just dropped a little bit more. But we did just see Antonio Gibson get a lot of touches through the past. Oh, game. I dropped his ass. I don't give a shit. I dropped his ass. He pissed I, me off. I just said that, Dominic. But, uh, I mean, if we kind of look on the waiver wire right now, there's not exactly a bunch of good options if you want. I mean, you have to fill in with the running yeah. back. Philip Lindsay kind of dealing with the knee injury. So his kind of status is up in the air. You got the back, or I guess the backup to the backup, Patrick Laird the running mm. back for the for the Miami Dolphins. I don't think you exactly want to fire him up. No, Chris Carlos no. Hyde, he is questionable as well. And your boy Mark Ingram, I know you, you love him, so you're not going to start him on Tuesday. Goddamn not. Fuck him too. So, okay, going on to my receiving core, I have Cup and Diggs. They've been kind of my my go-to. I'm not, I'm not really – I'm looking at Cup going against Arizona. I definitely think big things are going to happen. Diggs and see in San Francisco. Definitely see the big things happening. My tight end, I'm not touching my tight end anymore. So the big question, Brandon, and I know you and Tyler disagree on this. So I did start Des Bryant in my flex. Okay. I also do have Sterling Shepard and Mike Williams. You are a hundred percent. I should start Shepard or Williams over Bryant, but Tyler disagrees. So Brandon, Give me your best why I should not start Bryant over these two. Well, I will just tell you to look to last week where he was completely shut out to not catch a single ball. Now that was with our two, three and backups. He did go four for 28 against Tennessee. Not exactly the production you're looking at, but I think 
the question marks is between Sterling Shepard or Mike Williams. I think Sterling Shepard has definitely a better matchup going up against the Seattle Seahawks, but it's Colt McCoy. And maybe they get up, the Seahawks get up big, so they have to throw the ball. So you're going to get some nice garbage time. But then Mike Williams, on the other hand, he's the, the second guy over there in Los Angeles where they think they're going to want to throw the ball. Austin Eckler is back, so maybe they want to establish the run a little bit more. But with Stefan Gilmore probably shadowing Keenan Allen, maybe that means Mike Williams gets a little bit more attention. But I think with Williams, you're definitely looking for the one big play. And Shepard, you're banking a little bit more on the target share and you know piling up. PPR points. So then it comes down to it, Brandon, who would you pick? Would you pick Bryant? Who is you're kind of relying that he has a big game or just a game at all. Or do you rely on Shepard who you're hoping it's just kind of just those little touches and go, or do you rely on Mike Williams? Who is you need that one big play. So I'm just kind of looking at their stats recently. I think if you're looking for the more surefire thing, I think I would go with Sterling Shepard because I think Seattle will build up a, a decent enough lead against the Giants. And I think that the Seattle's defense has gone better in recent weeks. They're definitely not the Swiss cheese that they were in the beginning of the season. But I think Colt McCoy is going to look to Sterling Shepard and kind of dink and dunk. I think Evan Ingram can also have a pretty good game as well. So I, I think if you're looking for a more surefire thing, I would go with Sterling Shepard. But I think if you're trying to really get aggressive and play for a 30-point bomb, then I think Mike Williams is your guy. Now, so the only the, so I have no issue starting Shepard over Bryant. I know everyone but, just loves us talking about your fantasy football team, Dominic. But I need some reassurance that if your advice goes south and Bryant goes off for fucking a million points, how much hatred can I give towards you? And that's up to you. Because I'm already out the money of the league. If you're I'm dead, already... Dominic, if you're dead set on Des Bryant and you're not making the, the actual playoffs, fire him up. No, I might fucking fire him up. How you like that, huh? Wait. So is Jackson playing tomorrow or not? What do you mean, Jackson? Lamar Jackson? Yeah. He's, that'd be Tuesday. And it seems like he's on the right track to be playing. Do I feel like Lamar Jackson and, and if Des not, Bryant are going to You know who will be filling in? Trace motherfucking McSorley, baby. So you know what I'll do? I will start Sterling Shepard. And I'll make a game time decision. How about that? Okay. You can, well, I mean, you can't exactly make a game time decision. You got to make it a hey, couple days hey. before. I'll make a game time decision. Okay. Yes, daddy. All right, so let's get on to the fan mail segment, otherwise known as. It's most. I bet. Wait, hang on. I was gonna ask. I bet you he. Well, not ask, but state this. I bet you he really missed this. That's if he. That's if he actually. Oh no, he listens. He told us he listens. So I bet you he missed this part. Wait, did you do this part, Brandon? No, because I can't do it as well as you. So mine is. I shouldn't even try. Okay, good. Because now it's time for Mr. X's questions of the week. And friends, bump them. I totally muted my mic after that. <laughs> and hoots, hello, he states. Howdy. Well, with all the injuries adding up, it looks like the Bengals are done for the season. Or as the Bengals fans say, what else is new? 
Brandon, I think we said it. They are done, right? Uh, unfortunately, yes. I think even with Joe Burrow, he was just kind of – it's kind of like Dak Prescott on the Cowboys. He was a nice cologne on a steeping pile of shit. All right. Uh, that's the only football question. So going on to some uh, MLB. It looks like the Reds are starting to cut the fat, so to speak, in this offseason. With the money they're freeing up, can they keep their starting rotation together, or will they try to make some bigger deals? Well, I'm not exactly up on the latest Reds news, but I think, as I've kind of said in the past, I think the Reds have a nice core. Mr. X talked about it, that maybe they're shopping Sonny Gray and possibly trying to deal him and Trevor Bauer. I don't think Trevor Bauer is coming back to the Reds. I think he's more more than likely probably going to go to the West Coast and Rob, I mean, I know this is kind of the easy pick, but maybe the Padres or some mm-hmm. other team mm-hmm. like that. But uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that the, the Reds are just going to, you know, have a fire sale and just not do anything next year. But I think maybe they're going to look to save a little bit of money and maybe they, they, if they can't get Bauer, maybe go towards Marcelo Zuna or maybe another kind of marquee free agent somewhere else. Okay. Okay. Here to hear fo- first here, folks, folks, funny folks. Was oh by the way, end of baseball on to your favorite topic, boxing. Big boxing was guy. was anything accomplished with this Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight other than hey, they still know how to punch. Plus poor Nate Robinson. Yeah, poor poor Nate Robinson. But uh I mean I don't exactly know what, what you would mean by accomplished something. I mean, it did big business. It got over like I think a million point two buys. So I think, and, and, and no one died, no one died in the ring. So that's True. definitely a positive. And I mean, Tyson, I, I'm not the biggest boxing fan in the world, but I, I would say like, if you, there could be something else here. If you get Tyson to go up against another kind of older legendary guy, I don't want to see him fight a, a dude, like even in his thirties, who's still like on the back half of his prime. Cause it, it probably won't be pretty. And I think if you just want to have, you know, fun old timers fight, Still, I don't think you should have guys over 50, even 40, going in the ring to box. But fuck it. We need to see him in Holyfield round two. Come on, baby. Book it. Curveballs and chair shots will host it on pay per view. Fuck. Ooh, bro. Let's do it. Let's reach out. I'll give a shit. Anyways. Oh, that's it for sports. I don't know if Tyler actually or Travis, whatever, whatever fucking Uh, one. Haley, our number one fan. You know what? Call him bullshit. I don't think she's the number one fan. Call him bullshit. I don't think she's the number one fan, Brandon. I think it's Tyler, friend of me, and I really underline, highlight, exclamation point, enemy part right now. I think it's him trying to win us over right now. So I call bullshit. Anyways. That's it for sports. I don't know if they continue listening or listening to the whole thing. But on to wrestling. My favorite question he's ever asked, Brandon. <clears throat> high praise, high praise. Sting has arrived in AEW, and me and my 14-year-old self can't get over the fact that he is back on TNT. I loved every second of it now that he's here. Brandon, what can we fucking expect? Well, he didn't say fucking, but he said, what can we expect? But What can we fucking expect? So Sting, age... How old is he, Dominic? 61, 62, in that range. No, Dominic, you're supposed to be Sting's number one fan. 
He is 16. Uh, he, he's always going to be like 35 in my heart. So, I, I mean, maybe he has a match left in him. We kind of, I mean, we talked about it, I think, a few months back when he didn't resign with WWE and we all were speculating, like, oh, does this mean he's going to AEW? And here he is. And it was a, a fantastic moment. I don't know if you just, if you want to get into it right now. But I would expect it seems as though Sting is going to be maybe not a, a weekly everyday fixture in AEW, but he's going to be around quite a bit. I don't see him getting very involved in ring wise. Maybe he gets a little physical, you know, a punch, a bat shot, anything, something like that. But uh, it seems like Sting will be an integral part on Dynamite Television going forward. Just don't expect too much wrestling. Do you think the stare down he had with Darby Allen? Is any foreshadowing into the future of Darby Allen's character? That's that's a tough one because Darby right now has been a babyface his entire career, very undersized. Going up against Sting, if it is a match, maybe people would would go towards Sting because I don't think you're going to want Sting to be a heel. Maybe Darby can just go like a little darker and. Maybe not. Maybe be like Cody, where he's not exactly a full-fledged turned heel, but he's kind of a little darker than he normally is. But uh, I, I thought that the moment of Sting coming out and staring down Darby, very, very, very minuscule nitpick here. I, I just wish that Darby was like facing the other way, so you had face paint Darby looking at Sting face paint. I thought that would have been a lot cooler than the picture of just you know bare skin Darby looking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. I, was, I saw the, I think on AEW's Instagram, it was a picture of that that picture of his normal face and then Sting's painted face on the other side. But I was like, I wish the painted face of Darby was on just because it would look a little more better. Like, or, you know, give both takes, you know, give his painted face and his non-painted face or something like that. But they didn't. But I would still say, no nevertheless, a great, great, great moment. Me, Static, Sting fan, love him. So, going on to the next question. Omega with the AEW title on Impact Wrestling? Did anyone else see this coming? I didn't exactly see it coming. They did kind of put a nice little plant, little seed for Don Callis being there when he was for the Omega page match. But, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about it when we get to the Dynamite recap, but uh, this is a very interesting partnership if you want to call it a partnership right now between AEW and impact it's very in the beginning stages we don't know what's going to happen but it's uh something to uh keep an eye out going forward well, question 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 coming off of that statement you just said do you see this partnership with impact and AEW? who does it hurt more you think impact or AEW? because i feel like it's going to hurt impact more than AEW. because i think people are going to want to tune into AEW more than Impact. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to hurt Impact more than than AEW. What do you think? I feel like Impact has nothing to lose. They don't get that much viewership. I think AEW is kind of punching down a little bit now. We don't exactly know what the partnership is. Is this just a one-off of Kenny? It, was it like Don Callis saying, look, you want me to be with Kenny as his quote-unquote manager, but do me a solid and let's have this one moment on impact. That doesn't mean we're going to mm. get a full fledged invasion between impact and AW. It could just be kind of a one-off, maybe a sporadic appearance from Kenny every now and then it's only Kenny. 
that's on impact yeah. and you don't see any other crossover. So I, I just want to wait and see before I judge too much on the actual partnership. If that is and then the, the partnership. And then the other thing I want to point out is how triple H said that WWE is open to working with under with other promotions. Is this because AEW is working with impact and possibly other um, promotions, or is this just triple H being triple H and talking out his ass because everything trip WWE touches, they end up buying out in the long run anyways. Yeah, I think it's definitely the latter. I think it's just Triple H just kind of saying what he has to say because of what AEW did with Impact. And I mean, we've seen NXT and Evolve have a kind of crossover and WWE technically, well, I guess I do own Evolve now. So, I mean, you can like call them partnerships with WWE, NXT and other promotions, but technically if WWE like has a hand in the company, I think that's probably the extent that you're going to get. I don't think you're going to see like back in the late 90s with AAA and or is it C? I forget. You know, one of the Mexican promotions and WWE doing something. Okay. Last but not least, Brandon, which war games match will be better? The men's or the woman's? Well, very interesting that Mr. S asked us this question because our number one fan Haley asked the exact same question she asked which war games match will be better and why so look at that Haley and Mr. X just on the same wavelength maybe the same person maybe Mr. X is Haley who knows but she also does have a, another question after that but I will go I mean I talked about this last week which Dominic definitely did listen to the podcast last week because he wasn't a part of it. I I think the men's match is going to be better not exactly because the work will be better but just because the, there's actually like a full-fledged story with the match. I mean undisputed have been in every single war games match on the men's side thus far and I just feel like the women's match it's just a war games for the sake of having a women's war games. I felt like last year you could have had just a women's war games than the men's cuz I thought they were forcing the men's war games but i think both of them will be uh, really well worked i think if you kind of look at all the people involved like you know uh, raquel gonzalez is kind of like pat mcafee not exactly the best worker in the world but good enough to not exactly pull everything down but i think because the men's war games has a more cohesive better story going into it i think it'll be the better match and i think that they're going to pull out a lot more of the stops keep talking what the fuck was that? Keep talking. Dominic, you say I talk too much, and now I'm not talking enough. Well. Well, God damn it, fucking dick. Jesus, God, just keep talking for another second. Someone, someone uh, going to the bathroom, it sounds like. Someone had to uh, drain the main vein after drinking so many seltzers, it sounded like. And he is. <laughs> don't don't judge me. <laughs> I I also agree with you that the women's are you the men's. Yes, I did wash my hands. You want to feel them? They're wet. That's not but, in the water. Oh, how do you know? Um, I feel like the the, you know, I, I, the only thing I got to take away from the women's buildup, I guess <laughs> I would say, is the fact that. These little vignettes or promos with Shotzi, it, it, as much as I love Shotzi, it's fucking killing me. It's so cheesy, corny, like, 
you know, you have you you had Ember Moon and 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 Rhea Ripley, like, oh, you need one of these, and she's like, oh yeah, it's so fucking cheesy. That part of me wants us to be like, all right, fuck it. I hope you guys just get dominated and you guys get written off of WWE forever. But they weren't exactly on the uh, best starting foot when she was in tears and convulsions because a tour tank was ran over. Hey, 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 whoa, whoa. Let me dismantle your Jeep, Brandon, and let me see how you feel after that. How about that? Well, my, my Jeep, I think, is a little bit more worth a little bit more than the toy tank. Your Jeep is trash. Let's be honest. It's trash. Tyler Gunnison's Jeep way better. Wow. Well, speaking of Tyler, Haley would like to know what should she get him for Christmas? Oh, <laughs> you know, okay. what does drunk Dominic think Haley should get Tyler for Christmas? <sighs> this one let's should be see. good. Uh, let's see. I'm thinking, uh, What's something that Tyler complains about? He complains about nothing because he loves her so much. And I don't think, I think the only thing you need to give him is a big hug and a kiss and say, Tyler, I'm yours. I think, I think that, I think that's all. I don't think there's nothing that he desperately needs or desperately wants. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, Christmas isn't about how much money you spend on someone. It's about how much love you give. So just, just give them a big hug and a kiss. And, you know, I, I think that will be just fine. Now, Sober Dominic saying, I might be getting a certain kind of video console that, you know, would be kind of cool to have some, someone to play with. But, you know, whatever. Wow, Dominic, you're going to buy me a PS5 for our third annual Christmas gift exchange <laughs> motherfucker definitely is not a ps5 oh you're what are you getting a uh an xbox an xbox not xbox series x let's, or whatever the fuck it's called let's just say brandon that i can see you playing it one day all right Haley, get tyler an oculus rift we can all play and Tyler can be his own little, he gives his own little Jedi and he can like get in the lightsaber wars or, you know, that's great content. You can get, you can do some live streams of Tyler doing like, cause you know, they're big horror guys. They can do some like scary walkthrough video game and Tyler just shits his pants live on air. Cause he gets jump scared. Boom. There we go. Oculus rest for everybody. Why do you think you're going to get it, Brandon? Because I don't know. <laughs> God damn it, Dominic. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to. Well, hang on. Well, you, well the student... you and Tyler can be Oculus Rift buddies while I just am the videographer and just film you guys. That, that, that's, uh, that's fine with me. So um, do you want to stay with the studio audience while I go get another uh, white? Well, I've had. No. no. Okay. Never mind. Well, talk for about a minute and a half. Let me get another claw, no. buddy. No, stop drinking. Stop drinking. Yeah. Dominic, this is your intervention. I hate to say it. You need to stop drinking. And he muted me. All right, now let's get on into the Raw recap. We're not going to exactly spend too much time on it, but AJ Styles is the new number one contender for Drew McIntyre's WWE Championship. It kind of made sense. I think the one takeaway from this whole triple threat whatever thing was Riddle. Jesus Christ, they are just destroying Riddle and 
it was kind of my worst case scenario of making Riddle the funny high bro guy. And that's pretty much what they're doing right now. And it kind of sucks to see Keith Lee on the other hand. I mean, he's been here since SummerSlam and I feel like he still hasn't done anything. I wish he could just get into a feud, something to sink his teeth into. But uh, AJ Styles, I think is a good person for like a, maybe a one-off feud against Drew. Maybe they can come back to it later after WrestleMania or whatever they got planned. Cause I think Sheamus are doing a nice job of kind of building up Sheamus as, you know, kind of establishing him and Sheamus being friends. And then obviously we know a turns coming sooner rather than later, whether that's the Royal rumble or something or another, but I think they're doing a good job with Sheamus AJ styles kind of hard to really mess it up. The work, the match itself should be fun, but uh, yeah, Dominic, have you uh, come back? from your intervention or have you broke free and grabbed another seltzer never breaking free apparently <laughs> um but no i i feel like i i don't i i kind of want them to kind of break away break away from sheamus because i really don't want to see him challenge for the title nor be champion so i'm happy that aj is kind of contending i think aj would be a great transitional tra- champion you have him beat him you have him work all the way up to mania you know you can if you have Drew win the, the Raw Rumble again, great. If not, you have Keith Lee or, you know, fuck, it could be anybody else beat, uh, win the Raw Rumble and challenge AJ. But I think AJ would be a, you know, I guess not, I guess technically he's not transitional, but, you know, you need to dethrone Drew and have him figure out the fuck's going on. You know, is it whatever? I don't, I, I don't know. I just think you need to get the title off of Drew and have it put on somebody else. All right, then we had a Symphony of Destruction match between Jeff Hardy and Elias. Another one of these themed WWE hardcore matches where it's not even really treated as a hardcore big blood feud deal. It's more like a comedy. Look, we're having fun with all these different weapons. But I think the real story coming out of the end was Jeff Hardy doing a swanton from the top of the post to the outside through a table, and he landed his head on a ring step. I mean, not exactly the same thing as what happened with Matt a few months back, but it just kind of shows that the Hardy boys at their age should not be wrestling like this anymore. And it it, it sucks to see, and I know, Dominic, you're the big Jeff guy. Uh, your thoughts on what happened? Well, he didn't land on his head on the steel steps. He kind of just, you know, he just okay. bounced his head off the steel steps, you know, tomato, yeah, tomato. I mean, whatever. It's the same thing, basically. But I think uh, I thought it was a fine match. Something new, something well, not new, but something a little different. Um, you know, Brandon. Uh, to be honest with you, I was in the kitchen trying to search for something to eat because I'm starving. Maybe a little buzz, soaping up the booze a little bit, but I wasn't paying attention. All I heard was Jeff Hardy killing himself. That's not what happened. He is a phenomenal athlete, and you need to show some respect, put some respect on his name. So, going from Dominic's one of Dominic's favorites to another one of his favorites. Well, technically not his favorite, but Reckoning had a match against Dana Brooke and Dana Brooke actually beat Reckoning. And within the first 10 seconds, Reckoning's mask fell off. Whether that was intentional or not, I don't know. But hear me out, Dominic. I think Reckoning, very eerily similar to Mia Yim. I, I know Mia Yim has been gone from NXT for a while. I don't know where she's been, but I think she's actually Reckoning. And she lost to Dana Brooke and then got verbally abused by Mustafa Ali. Not exactly the best thing to happen to Mia Yim. I found bread, but that's, that's, that's not a hero there. Um, Good job, Donna. Just so, you, just so you know, 
medium was reckoning all along, dude. I didn't know. I, I don't know how you didn't know that. But it was the mask. Um, it was just really good at covering up all of her facial features. You know, I have a lot of people on the inside of WWE, man. They 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 text me. They they called me up, told me all these things are going on. I didn't want to tell you. Didn't want to spoil it for you, but it's been me and the whole time. I'm kind of stupid. You didn't know that, but um, you know. I think this is going to be the end of Mia Yim in WWE. I think she's going to try to have a small singles, singles run. It's not going to happen. I think she's going to be gone of, within a year, which hurts because I love her so much. But, you know, wouldn't be surprised she's gone pretty soon. Now let's get on into the AEW Dynamite recap. We've already talked about kind of the main things with Sting and Omega, so we're just going to kind of quickly run through this. The Dynamite Battle Royale or Dynamite Diamond Ring battle royal it ends with orange cassidy and mjf so they will face off against each other next week i think they told a nice story with kind of everyone involved i think the only kind of negative that came out of this match was adam page he just continues to i think go to i don't know if i call that a downward spiral but i just kind of continue to question exactly how they frame him and they, they do something and kind of make him a big deal and then he kind of falls off and then he's sad cowboy. And then now he, he loses to Matt Hardy and, or gets eliminated by Matt Hardy. And seemingly they really are going to dive into this dark order, Adam page thing. They did a little angle or thingy on being the elite, but uh, everything else I thought was really good. And I think Cassidy and MJF next week should be a lot of fun. Well, we'll have, we'll have to see. We'll have to be, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I, I think maybe, you know, they'll have this angle with our dark order, but maybe Matt will kind of pull him out from it. And then maybe you'll have him turn on Matt and he'll officially turn with dark order, like align with dark order or something like that. But you know, let's wait and see. Well, it seems though Matt is turning heel out of nowhere. He's like egotistical money Matt or something. I don't exactly know what's going on with Matt Hardy, but if this means he's just going to be a, a heel manager, perfectly fine with that. Then we get... Chris Jericho defeating Frankie Kazarian. Uh, MJF was going to teasing that he was going to throw in the towel. He did not after Sammy yanked it away from him. So then we had some arguing back and forth between the dark or the inner circle. And then Chris Jericho says that there's an ultimatum next week. Either they get on the same page or the inner circle will break up forever. Don't think that's going to happen, Dominic. But uh, what are you thinking that's going to be going down here? Do you think they just kind of, you know, kiss and make up and then we kind of put a hold on the breakup for a few weeks and then they get the breakup or what do you think is going down here? I don't know, Brandon. I feel like they're going to break up probably next week sometime, but I, I don't have any contact from any of you. <laughs> okay. Then we have the women's match, Britt Baker defeating Layla Hirsch. A little bit of a sloppy match back and forth. I think Layla does have some upside. Uh, Baker gets the win here. Then we get Thunder Rosa beating up Britt Baker after the match. So still building towards that feud. I mean, it was fine. Maybe a little bit on the longer side, but nice to see uh, some different women getting a spotlight. Did you say Layla like Layla from WWE or is it a different Layla? Uh, well, Dominic, if you watch Dynamite, you know it would be a different Layla. She is a short Russian wrestler. I watch Dynamite every week. Then you know that this Layla is completely different than the other Layla. I'm just trying to make sure other the listeners know. Well, Dominic, what do you know about this segment? Thunder Rosa came and beat the shit of Britt Breaker. 
Hashtag analysis. Then we get Cody and Darby Allen defeating Team Taz. That would be Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Darby pins Ricky Starks. And then uh, we get the beatdown angle with Brian Cage and everything like that. And then who makes the save? It's Sting. They do a little uh, vignette with the whole Winter is Coming thing. And then the Sting logo or the Sting whatever name pops up on the screen. And then the whole place is crazy. Shout out Tony Schiavone. I mean, God bless him. I don't know if he was smartened up or not, but he seemed like he was just having a ball of a time having Sting come back on TNT for the first time in 19 years. But it was all over fantastic. I mean, I'm not the biggest Sting fan in the world, but I, I love the segment. Had 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 some goosebumps. I thought this was definitely one of the uh, the best moments in wrestling this year. I know there's not been a lot of them, but uh, better late than never, I guess. I, mean, I think Sting coming out. I, I wish the music was a little different just because, you know, maybe it just didn't seem right. But, you know, greatest moment. Of, oh, my God. Greatest moment of 2020 in the realm of professional wrestling. Yes. Uh, then we get a promo from Hakaru Shida. She talks about how she's not scared because Abaddon is just a woman doing cosplay and Shida does cosplay. And then we get some, whatever, whatever they were, some pipes fell down and she was a little spooked. And yeah, so Shida's saying she's not scared, but obviously she's scared. What? Who's scared of who? Who's scared of whom? It seems whom? as though, seems as though Shida is scared of Abaddon, but she doesn't want to put up that front. She's putting up a front. Is Abaddon that like ugly person that like has a bunch of makeup and blood on their face or whatever? No, Dominic. We don't think anybody's ugly. She's just different. And she does have makeup and what appears to be blood on her face. Oh, so it is the ugly bitch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't like her. She's creepy. No, Dominic's scared of Abaddon. But Dominic, what? Dominic no, is- I don't like that creepy girl. She's crazy, bro. Hashtag analysis. And in the main event, we had Kenny Omega defeating John Moxley and becoming the new AEW World Champion. We've already kind of talked about the aftermath with Don Callis getting involved. I thought overall the match, I thought was really good. The ending, a little bit to be desired. I didn't like the whole, you know, he's too hurt to continue nonsense with the heaters and everything like that. But overall, I thought they did a really good job. It made sense. Kenny gets the title. Who knows what Moxley is going to be doing next, but with Don Callis by his side, I think it's a nice addition. I don't know exactly what the dynamic will be if Callis would do a lot of the talking, if it's 50-50 or whatnot. Because I do think Kenny, a little clunky in terms of his heel promos and everything like that. But maybe, as I said, it's just not exactly a full-blown partnership between AEW and Dynamite. Or maybe just Callis is like, look, you want me to be a part of Kenny's whatever, be a manager, do me this solid, get some get some eyes on impact after this big angle. Well, I mean, Moxley, WWE confirmed, joking, jaw, 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 jaw. Anyways, do you think this has to do with anything with the Renee being pregnant at all? Like, you know, you want to be at the beginning and then take some, go back to work for a little bit and then come take the, the end of the, the, the pregnancy into the couple months. Like, is it anything like that you think, or is it just a, Freshen up the title picture, get it off of him, have him kind of compete up for it again, something like that. Well, 
Moxley still technically is the New Japan United States champion, and we have a Wrestle Kingdom coming up in a few weeks. And with Japan, with people coming on from the outside, you got to do quarantines and everything like that. So I don't know if this exactly is linked to New Japan. I think they wanted the title to get on Kenny, and I think this was kind of the perfect opportunity. Like Maybe there's some personal things, but I think Moxley – We'll be back. He'll have a promo or he'll have a segment or a feud or something like that for the next few months. And then maybe after double or nothing, he uh, takes some time off for a paternity leave. Well, I hope Seth Rollins has a great time. I'm paternity leave. All right. Uh, then we'll quickly run through NXT. They had the go-home show for War Games. Uh, Damian Priest and Leon Ruff defeated... Uh, Raul Mendoza and Santos Escobar. Fine. Johnny Gargano was on commentary. Uh, then we get Cameron Grimes defeating August Gray. Fine. We uh, build to the strap match. Uh, Jake Atlas defeats Tony Nese. And they made it seem like Jake Atlas won a championship. And this was like this big old deal when Tony Nese has like been a jobber forever. So not exactly the best first step at trying to rebuild Jake Atlas. So Dominic, anything from those uh, three matches? Nothing because they all are bottom barrel. Don't give a shit. It is terrible that these talented, talented, talented men are being subjected to this kind of, I guess, service. So even though I will say I do agree with you, Jake Atlas beating Tony Nese is not that big of a deal, especially in a strap match. So it's not that big of a deal. I don't know where the strap match came into play, Dominic. Uh, I got a strap on me, dog. Okay. Pat McAfee and his boys come out, and McAfee cuts a promo just straightforward, kind of hyping up the War Games match against Undisputed Era. They had a vignette with Undisputed Era earlier on in the show, and I thought McAfee's promo was probably on the weaker side of the other stuff that he's been doing lately. I think it was kind of more on the, uh, you know, trying to be over-the-top heel type of promo so uh, hopefully this is kind of like a one-off thing for mcafee but uh yeah dominic what'd you think of the promo i just got a question is so with mcafee being involved in it where do you see him actually you know doing in the match i mean he did have a great match against adam cole but what do you see him actually doing in the match i would say he's going to be the last guy to enter war games or at least on his team and then I think at the end of the day, he's going to take the pin, which for you see him being involved in the in the big old fucking, you know, spot where like someone jumps off the top or, you know, something like do you see him being involved in that big spot? Maybe. I mean, maybe he I mean, what he do that like in his match against Adam Cole, he like, you know, jumped and did a splash. It's simple, something he can do. And if he's a crazy son of a bitch, which he kind of is. Maybe he is the dude to do the uh, the big, big spot because I think for the most part, everyone else doesn't really fit that mold if they want to do it. All but right. also, but maybe also in the women's match, EO does something or someone else does something so they don't have to do something crazy off the top in the men's match. All right, let's go home then, Brandon. Well, we have to talk about water torture. We had Boa and uh, Zia Lee dunking themselves in water and then they get Singapore caned. Good stuff here, right, Dominic? It is fucking wonderful stuff, Brandon. Why don't you talk about it? It was wonderful stuff. I mean, what else is there to say, Dominic? Now, uh, we get Thatch's Thatch 
can. Uh, we get Tommaso Ciampa making a run in and Thatcher chokes him out, building up to the match at War Games. And then in the main event, we had Shotzi taking on uh, Raquel Gonzalez and the baby faces actually win the match to gain the advantage. Uh, we get EO, not so surprisingly, being the last person added to Team Shotzi. And yeah, I thought the match was fine. Nothing, you know, too spectacular. But uh, yeah, the babyface actually gained the advantage. Now, does that mean babyfaces are going to lose at War Games? Because I feel like if they get the advantage, that means they're going to lose the match. I don't know. Well, we can talk about that when we preview War Games, which is right now. We have Timothy Thatcher taking on Tommaso Ciampa in kind of a head-scratching feud because Ciampa's kind of reintroduction, he said that, you know, he he's sick and tired of all these kids, you know, taking advantage of or, you know, not taking taking for granted. That's what I'm trying to say. Taking for granted everything that um, they've been handed to and blah, 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 blah. And now, But his first feud is against Timothy Thatcher, which is kind of the antithesis, antithesis, an enemy of what Ciampa was talking about. So maybe they kind of, you know, beat up on each other and they – form a friendship and they become a tag team kind of similar to Seamus and Cesaro all those years ago. So it's going to be the new version of DIY. Sure. Why not? I guess. I mean, I definitely see Ciampa winning and then just kind of how you described it. Maybe there's a newfound respect. And then later, a couple of weeks or later, you know, they're in a tag match together and, you know, you see a formation, a brotherhood form, basically. I think you can go either way. On the decision here, I didn't talk about it too much, but you know, Thatcher losing to Kushida and tapping out to Kushida just kind of on a random throwaway match in NXT really was a big head scratcher. I think it just kind of shows that they they like Thatcher, but they're not going to protect him as much as some of the other guys on the roster. So I think Ciampa will get the win here. Now, does that mean exactly they're going to have a tag team going forward? Maybe, but the tag team division in uh, NXT isn't exactly the best. And I think there is something to be said if maybe they can get Thatcher to turn face and do, you know, they can have a baby face tandem where they just are tough guys and beat up everyone. I don't know. Then we get Dexter Loomis taking on Cameron Grimes <clears throat> in a strap match, Dominic. Uh, this one, I mean, I think finally the feud is over. I think Loomis will win even though I want Grimes to win, because I still, as much as his character is kind of one note and kind of eye rolling, I still have faith in him and still see upside with him and Loomis. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I think in the end, Loomis will win here. I really want Grimes to win. I feel like he, he, he just connects more with the audience. Loomis is very, I feel like since he's been repackaged into this weird kind of, I mean, I know he's always been weird, but, you know how Elias, when Elias first started, he was this this character, and then he formed it. You know, turned it around into this other thing. I feel like Loomis is trying to do the same thing, but it's not to the same extent. So I really want Grimes to win. So I think I'll go with Grimes. I think Grimes way more upside, definitely long time, long time, long term. Uh, you know, staple, and then will when he eventually gets called up to the WWE. You guys having a uh, dance party over there? Not my fault. She. She took her. Oh, I unplugged her phone by accident and she doesn't want to plug it back in. Wow, good job, Dominic. We get the North American Championship. Leon Ruff, the champion, will defend in a triple threat match between Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. Uh, Priest, I, I think it's supposed to be a babyface in the situation. Don't think he's exactly coming across 
all that nicely. And then Leon Ruff, on the other hand, I mean, he's like kind of likable, very undersized, but I think he could be doing a lot more with this character and Gargano. I think it would be interesting if there was like an actual real life audience, like 20 plus thousand. I think they would cheer for Johnny out of all these three guys, but I mean, I think you could do something with Ruff winning again. I think it just depends on how much faith and what they want to do with him. Is this kind of a one-off thing or is this kind of a, you know, they veered off for a little bit just to get Priest and Gargano feuding once again with one of them winning the titles. So are you going with Ruff or are you going with Priest? Maybe I'll go with Gargano. So who are you going with? Who are you going with? I'm going with Priest. Well then, I will go with, I'll go with Ruff. Fuck it. Maybe that may, maybe Ruff pins Damon Priest. Great radio. Sorry, my my headphone fell out. I didn't want to talk. Um, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. So how about we uh, we save this for Sunday when I come over and I eat all your pizza. Oh, who said who said we're having a a family get together? We we can still do those. Work. Yeah, I work Sunday, but I'm off. I can work, work and watch it. I'm gonna talk about that off the air. Uh, Dominic, what do you think is the main event? Is it the women's war games or the men's war games? Women. Okay, Dominic thinks it's gonna be the women's war games. So that means the men's war games is up first. The undisputed era takes on Pat McAfee, Oni Lurkin, Danny Birch, and Pete Dunn. Dominic, who do you think wins this one? Undisputed Era will win this match. I agree. I think Undisputed Era gets the win here. I kind of said Pat McAfee comes in last, takes the pen. I don't think he loses very much from losing. And I think you want Undisputed Era to get the win here. Now, do they want to kind of continue this feud going forward? Possibly, but I think give them the win. It should be a lot of fun. And yeah, I think this will be the main event. Going into the women's War Games match. We get Team Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai takes on Team Candice, Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Dominic, I know Shotzi's your girl. Candice is my girl, so we're going to have to go face-to-face in this one. It is safe to say that Team Shotzi will prevail. And I will go with Team Candice to prevail in this one. I think they're going to do something to possibly set up the next challenger to Io Shirai. I don't think we're going to get like a full, like a turn from Rhea, like similar to what we saw with Dakota Kai last year, but I think they will build to Raquel Gonzalez or Tony Storm against Io. I mean, Candice and Kai kind of been there, done that with Io. So I think kind of building them up and I think Tony, Thus far as a heel hasn't been doing too much because she's been overshadowed and kind of in the background with Candace. But uh, I, I'm kind of wondering and intrigued to see exactly what Tony Storm can do as a heel, even though I thought she could be a fantastic baby face. I think you have a fantastic baby face, Brandon. So smooth and sultry. Oh, that's nice. I'm hungry. And drunk. Mm. What's for dinner, Dominic? Dead ass. Whose ass? Well, apparently, Lauda is what's going on now. Okay. 
And on that note, don't don't judge me. Oh, we're all judging you, Dominic. Very much so. I'm so hungry. And on that note, that will do it for us for today. Thank you all very much for listening. Shout out to Mr. X and Haley with the questions. If you'd like to send in a question, you can email us at curveball and cs at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter or the Instagram, both of them are curveballs with an S and CS on the Twitter and the Instagram. We're also on the book of faces. If you'd like to follow us there as well, maybe we're still in partners with raise energy. If you want to uh, figure that out, <laughs> use code CBCS and get 15% off at checkout. I mean, that'd be cool. I don't think anybody has, but you know, that'd be cool. That would be cool. So for Dominic, for me, for the studio audience, for the mascot and everybody, in between goodbye and good night uh bye bye <laughs>